breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Senator Robert Mills joining us. Uh, first of all, good morning. Thanks for talking with us this morning. Mike, Aaron, thank you. Appreciate the hospitality. Wish we had a, a better topic or a better subject than than our funding being cut for the Jimmy Davis Bridge project. Well, it, it, it's in, it's embarrassing. But we're going to work our way through this. Um, uh, Eric Calavota, you know, heads the uh, Department of Transportation Development now, and uh, he's he's he says that it's a four or five year project. Uh, we don't need all the money up front. Uh, you know, we're going to be fine, and this is going to move along on schedule. The contracts are let, and we're going to be protected. This is very very unfortunate, very uncomfortable. Hard to look at, but we're gonna we're gonna work our way through it. No problem, Robert. Let me read you a text that I think is I don't know that it's true or not, but it's circulating in our community, and you probably have seen it. I don't know if you have or not. And I'm quoting Likely here: not. Mm-hmm. Robert Mills was behind getting the funding pulled. He teamed up with <laughs> he teamed up with JBE and House leadership to punish the other Republicans. Is this hogwash? That's hogwash. I hadn't seen it yet. So, okay. But, uh, no, obviously not. Did you vote to lift the spending cap? Yes. So the the ones in our area that did not, Seabaw, Horton, and Cruz, uh, it's it's a po- politically motivated to punish them. Is that what that's what folks are saying? Do you believe that? Well, I, I you know I don't speculate. Uh, all I know is what I see, and that the the funding was cut. Uh, it, it was cut. In a conference committee, I guess, uh, you know, the Senate voted, every senator, including myself, including Beryl Peacock, voted to um, extend the spending cap this year. We had cash in the bank to spend. We had, you know, a lot of projects that needed funding, and so we uh, we agreed to go, you know, attack those. Uh, I can't tell you what other people were trying to do, but Robert Mills was trying hard uh, to do the right thing. We we prepaid debt. We invested in our districts. We invested in the state. And, uh, you know, I, I thought we had a good plan. 30, 39 senators voted for mm-hmm. it. Uh, obviously, some members of the House uh, didn't like it. Did you and have, any, com- did you have House- any conversations with the governor about no. the Jimmy Davis funding? Any emails, any oh. calls, anything about, hey, this, we could, this could wait a little while? Zero. Zero none. Okay. No, uh, the, gov- the governor and I don't work together very well. <laughs> I didn't and, think so. You know, no, <laughs> you know but uh, that would be suicidal. Mm-hmm. Accusations have been made. Anybody that voted to bust the spending cap is not a conservative. What do you say to that accusation? Uh, I just say that's 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 untimely, unnecessary. Uh, again, a a conservative. Uh, and a measured approach to spending some of the money that we have in the bank uh, on projects in our districts and projects in our state is not, um, you know, unreasonable for somebody to try to do all that they can 
for the people. And the money is going to get spent. The money is going to get invested. And the money belongs to the people of the state. And so, uh, you know, I, I think overwhelmingly the people of the state wanted us to do both, fund projects and pay down debt. And the Senate plan did just that. Senator Robert Mills, let me ask you, it's frustrating for me when I hear our lawmakers say that that conference committee on House Bill 2 had nobody from Shreveport-Bossier. How does that keep happening? Why does that keep happening, and what's the answer? Well, we've got, we being the the Northwest Louisiana delegation, have to do a better job of being in a position of leadership. And you do that by communicating, negotiating, and working with uh, legislators from other parts of the state, not by being in the silo up here. Uh, I work daily very closely with people from other parts of the state to, to move Louisiana forward. I'm a first-term legislator. I, I'm kind of, I was kind of on probation. Uh, I wholly intend to be in a position of leadership in this next term if I'm reelected. And so we've got to get people from northwest Louisiana uh, to work with uh, the others, not fight with the others, to work with the others, get into a position of influence and use it. And I intend to do that if I'm given a, another opportunity to go back to that route. What happens if you scream and holler, hey, nobody from Shreveport Bossier's on this committee? What do they tell you? Oh, they would tell you to be quiet. Imagine it's like I say. That's that's in the past, Aaron. That's that's in the past. Mm-hmm. We've got to we've got to do a better job of getting into a position of leadership with the, with the, the, the with the, the House members and the senators that go back down. Uh, you know, it takes it takes two terms, sometimes three terms, to get into a position of leadership. We've got to do that. You pretty optimistic this bridge funding will be restored and we will move forward and we won't miss a beat on the Jimmy Davis Bridge? Very optimistic. No, there's there's, there's no question. The contracts are let and, uh, you know, we don't let contracts until we, we know we can do it. And, uh, you know, Eric Calavota is uh, committed to make this happen. Everybody's committed to make it happen. This was just a political distraction and, you know, why I can't tell you. Uh, you know, I wasn't involved in it, but uh, you, you can surmise, you can guess, you can, you know, do whatever you want, but but you'll never know because I wasn't there, you weren't there, mm-hmm. and it was uh, very unfortunate and devastating on the surface, but it was really just you know, an inconvenience, and we're going to work our way through it. We spoke with Thomas Presley a little earlier this morning, and I'll ask you the same question. So, Technically, the, the the funding has been pulled, but what's the next step now for the Jimmy Davis Bridge project? What do you what do you do when you get into work today? Well, you know, again, I, I look I look to uh, Department of Transportation Development for uh, where you are in the process, how much working capital do you have, and just you know, don't miss a beat on this thing. We've got a contract; it's a very long timeline, four or five years to get this done. And uh, Dr. Calabota says we're going to be fine. And so uh, as far as I-49, you know, it's early Monday morning. Uh, He says we're going to be fine. I'm telling you what he says, and I believe it. Do you blame um, some of the legislative leaders for doing this, or do you blame some of our local representatives for being so um, um, hard-headed, some might say? Uh, who, who gets the blame for this? 
I'm not in the blame game. I, I'm in the recovery phase. Okay. And so uh, I'm, an, I'm, I'm the adult in the room if that's what it takes. I'm, I'm just saying uh, talking about what happened in the past isn't particularly productive at this point in time. Recovering from that is what's important. And uh, I'm, I'm in that process. And uh, I'm, I'm encouraged about Louisiana. We, we've got more money. Uh, than we've had for years in the past. We're we're not in we're not in money trouble. We're not going to get in money trouble the way it looks. Obviously, we're watching this national economy. There's still conversation and legitimate conversation about a recession. We've got more money next year than we had this year. So all all these games with money are probably going to come up again uh, in, in the near future. So I'm just preparing myself to protect Senate District 36 and Northwest Louisiana the best I can and move the, the entire state forward with this remarkable opportunity that we, that we have with this money. Why in the world do we want to kill ourselves uh, with this much money sitting on the table? One hundred one seven FM, seven ten keel. Just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water. Holy! So cow. okay, first, first the Jimmy Davis Bridge funding is that officially <clears throat> reinstated? I, uh, no, the money's not reinstated. That, but the project's already been bid. They've already got enough money in the priority, the, the priorities that they can continue the project. Then they'll have to put the money back in over the next three years. Okay. Hopefully they'll get it done in the spring. But DOTD has already said, we're moving forward. We've signed a contract. Y'all will have to work out your differences at a later date to get this funding back in. But that was oh, that was only the tip of the pettiness iceberg. Uh, who knew we, how We had no idea. I started getting phone calls and texts and emails yesterday from a lot of people in Caddo and Bossier Parish, from a lot of mayors of small towns around the region, saying, I hope you're checking on this because the Jimmy Davis Bridge wasn't the only thing cut. And I thought, yeah, I am. I I just started putting a list together of who got what. Um, we're going to have some folks on this morning to talk about who got what, what part of the state got more. But it turns out, Mike Martindale, that almost every local municipality that has one of the representatives who voted to bust the spend, not bust the spending cap, projects got cut. Um, but, but projects got cut even for those who voted with. Exactly. I mean, if, if you're in North Louisiana. Exactly. Houghton, which is represented by Dodie Horton, everything for the town of Houghton in this House Bill 2 got cut. Everything they had in capital outlay in the construction budget got cut. Whack-a-doodle. Gone. Benton. The same thing for Benton. Vivian got part of their money. Oil City got whacked. Blanchard got whacked. Logansport got a little bit of their money, but I'm, I'm still going through the list, but it is widespread. Benton got hit. Um, I don't see anything. I just did a search of Bossier City um, in the House Bill 2. There's nothing 
for the city of Bossier City, which I think is the fifth largest city in our state. Nothing in the construction budget for Bossier City, Louisiana. Zero. Unless I read it wrong. Right. There are some improvements. Uh, Bossier Parish to Highway 3. Um, now, and what I, about and I think that Shreveport's got some. But I actually think that Highway 3 money may have been knocked out as well. I'm working on that. I'm looking for that this morning um, to see how they've got it listed. Because in, in one uh, document, I saw it as Bossier Parish. Um, they do have some money in it for realignment of 157, um, one and a half million. That's up around Houghton, 157. Yeah, that's 3227 at LA 157. They do have some intersection realignment in that from general obligation bonds. That remained. That's the only thing I can see, um, in there. There's some money for the Bossier Sheriff. Um, it looks like about $11 million. For the Bossier Sheriff's Office for the Criminal Operations Building, Planning, and Construction. Um, I don't see the Highway 3 money still in this. I, I'm just telling you, they this whacked is, this is it. Unbelievable. And it's, but I'm hearing from some of these mayors who are really upset today. They're saying that the Republicans who were, who were controlling this spending cap vote thought they had a deal. Thought they had a deal with all the Republicans. Hey, let's do this. Um, we've got a lot of extra money. Let's take care of all these projects. And then when some of our local representatives voted against lifting the spending cap, they said, really? I thought we had a deal. Watch this. Hold my beer. Wow. And so I'm. Well, the comment was made. You can't, you can't want projects and then not vote to fund those projects. Not right? yes, not vote to lift the spending cap. Now I'm, I don't know that this will happen for us today, but I'm working on it in the next couple of days. I'm going to try to get the House Speaker on, um, Clay Shakespeare, to find out. You know, is did this get petty? Did you really have a deal? And you feel like these folks went against the deal? Um, but a lot of it's going to be behind closed doors. But we know how Louisiana Paul. This is what happened during the Edwin Edwards administration. Right. You vote like this for me, I'll fix your bridge. You don't vote like this for me, your bridge ain't getting fixed. And that's how this state has operated for a long time under many of our governors. Just, and we're it, back at it. It does, Yeah, but it, it, it hasn't been this blatant. This is very blatant. I mean, this is like, oh, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Right. I mean, this is in your face pettiness. And the thing about it was it was at the last minute, so nobody could do anything about it. Nobody could say, hey, hold up. Right. Let's take another look. Right. It was just shoved in there well, they, like it, that. And, and who just, was it that told us they, they had like 30 minutes to review the package? 2,000 pages of some sort of crazy yeah. stuff that linked from this amendment to that amendment. And it was just a mess. And so, Jimmy Davis Bridge, Jimmy Davis Bridge is not far from being dangerous. It is absolutely dangerous. And, I mean, you know, sections of concrete falling off the bridge. And so they're going to be petty? Um, yeah, this is not over. over this over. is not over yet. Yeah. And the mayors, I tried to get some of them on, but they're saying, look, I've got to work with all these people. You know, I don't want to come on and bash anybody, but uh, but I'm telling you, it's political infighting, and we've got to do better. 
Because now we're losing. Brandon Troskler, candidate for Secretary of State, uh, is going to join us coming up at 640. Mike and McCarty, 1017. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty, Secretary of State candidate Brandon Truscler going to talk to us about this debacle that was the budget session coming up just after the break. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, uh, Brandon Trostler, <laughs> candidate for Secretary of State. Brandon, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. How y'all doing this morning? Uh, well, we're doing fine. Are you sure you want to get involved in all of this? <laughs> wouldn't 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 <laughs> yeah. you be happier continuing to just run that successful Ralph's Market business? <laughs> well, you know, I, I probably would be, Mike. But look, at the end of the day. Uh, I want to make sure that my my wife and my kids um, have a better Louisiana than what I inherited. And, and my phone started blowing up yesterday when people started calling me about the Jimmy Davis Bridge, and it's like deja vu all over again. Um, we've had the same thing happen to us down here when our state representative crossed the governor and, and, and leadership, and they canceled the funding for major roads over here. Sometimes right in the middle of construction, we have to sit here with a, a an unfinished road uh, just sitting. So it's deja vu all over again. What do you say to residents of South Shreveport and Bossier City who, you know, we're told today that the funding for Jimmy Davis is okay. The contract's already been signed. But, yeah, that's great and fine. But they can still hold grudges next year and the year after that. And we could jeopardize this bridge. Yeah, I think my <clears throat> my message isn't to elected officials. My message is to the people. And, and the message is very clear. is This, this is what we get. When we elect and reelect career politicians and people that are out for power and not the people that are beholden to the people of Louisiana. You know, I'm, I've mentioned several times before, I don't need a job. I don't need to do this, run for secretary of state, but it all starts with elections and I'm only beholden to the people of Louisiana. I don't need this. Uh, we have to start acting like adults and we have to start fixing our problems and addressing them head on and stop being so petty. Gonna- and, and they can. They, I'm going to tell you something State Representative Alan Seaboss said on our air last week after the session and that last hour frenzy to try to get everything passed. He said, and and Clay Shakespeare is the Speaker of the House and he's running for Secretary of State against you. Um, Mm -hmm. He said, and I'm quoting, Clay Shakespeare is a moron. Um, And that he and he he's doing things down there that are hurting our state. Would you go that far? Look, I'm not going to go out and call people morons, this, that, and the other, but look, the appearance, if anything, the appearance of breaking, uh, of doing things corrupt and breaking House rules and not giving them the 48 hours necessary to review a bill, the appearance in and of itself is wrong. I mean, can you agree with that? Oh, yeah. So absolutely, breaking the House rules. So I think it's, uh, at at its very least, it looks corrupt, and at its very worst, it probably is corrupt. And my state representative, again, it happened several years ago in a major uh major highway here and, and then just on facebook he was threatened he told me he was threatened if he didn't vote for this bill just a few days ago within the last five minutes mm. brandon truscler candidate for secretary of state brandon th- 
we may feel like, okay, this guy's an idiot. We know, okay, this guy, when you're in the inside, you know he's just looking out for himself. And I'm not speaking specifics. But you can't go out in public and you've got to work together. You know, you've got to you've got to be able to 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 work together to try to cross, you know, political lines and and do what's best for the state. And if and if you're name calling and you know, say what you will about Gregory Tarver, but he does go down and he works with people. He gets things he's brought a lot of money back up to North Louisiana. And it mm-hmm. seems like we don't have people willing to work with other people right now. I understand hardlining and standing for what you believe, but yeah, you're yeah, cutting I, your I nose off. And look, there's a lot of these politicians that they're not morons. This is very calculated and and very much uh, on purpose that these actions that they're doing. They're not morons at, at all. Uh, and that is one good thing about the Secretary of State's office is. Is it's an executive branch, and so we can go out there and deliver to the people of Louisiana what they deserve and what they now demand because they're sick and tired of the actions of of our politicians. We're going to deliver to them transparent and accountable, secure elections. That's what we're going to deliver to the people of Louisiana. Brandon, we're and hearing now we're time. we're finding out now that all many of the little towns in northwest louisiana we're talking about houghton and benton mm-hmm. and blanchard many others their projects were also cut this is just the tip of the iceberg it looks like with regard to the jimmy davis bridge surprise you no no it it, it don't it don't um it doesn't surprise me at all again it's it's strong arm partisan politics uh that the leadership uh in the house puts down and it doesn't surprise me one bit, but uh, I'm committed to working uh, with people all over the state of Louisiana. Uh, I think the proof's in the pudding. I've been to the Bossier and Shreveport area 11 times already to different groups up there uh, campaigning and, and telling them my plan to fix our elections for Louisiana. Um, but So it doesn't surprise me at, at all one bit, Miss Aaron. But when you get down, you can have these great lofty ideals, but... Don't the young politicians that have the best intentions at heart, I mean, a lot of times they get swallowed up. Mm -hmm. They get railroaded. They find out, oh, this is not what I was thinking. And, you know, nothing, nothing changes. How can somebody actually make a change? Yeah, so the authority given to the Secretary of State's office under Act 480, it already gives us the authority to do what we're talking about. And that's use hand-marked secure paper ballots. We got a plan that we're going to count those paper ballots and have a certified election within minutes of the polls closing. We already have that authority, Mike, so we don't have to go and, and, and debate and argue with all the legislative branches um, to figure that out. It's done already. It is absolutely done already. So we plan on doing that uh, day number one. We're going to go up there and institute the handmark paper ballots. We're going to clean up this registration. We have well over 600,000 people that need to be removed. And, uh, and we're going to stop government-sponsored state censorship. Uh, we're going to do that on day number one. That's the promise that I make to the people of Louisiana. We'll have you back again. Thanks for your time. Okay, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. What a way- It's like a dog with a bone. 
Mm-hmm. Except my dogs don't get bones. I give them antlers. Because bones splinter, you're not supposed to give a dog bones, actually. You know this makes me crazy. I, well, it's, it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've only been doing this, this like, uh, now just over a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm still learning about all of this stuff. Yeah. I didn't keep up with it like you do. Mm-hmm. So this is this is just mind-boggling. Get ready. You ready for this? Uh, no, uh, probably I'm, I'm, not. I'm going through a little list of some things that were funded. You ready? 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. 125 grand to repair a historic barn. $250,000 for band uniforms. $100,000 for a high school alumni association. $1.5 million for the Louisiana Leadership Institute. I bet all these folks voted for the spending cap. Uh, a fifty grand for a grabber truck. Still, yeah, they're in there. Yeah. Fifty grand for a central community theater. What kind of truck? A grabber truck. Yeah. What's a grabber truck? I don't know. I don't know what a grabber truck is. Somebody will know. It might be one of those trucks that grabs your garbage can and throws the I don't know. Maybe they need a garbage truck. We need some garbage trucks in Shreveport. Did we know did we know that? We need a lot of garbage trucks in Shreveport. A ton of them. I, I could go uh, through this list forever. Okay, and a grabber ever. truck has a big arm and it lifts stuff and puts it back in the trailer. Oh, uh, okay, good. It grabs good. stuff okay. and puts it up. Uh, yeah, we need a couple of those probably. We we do. I just a, a sixty grand for a dental lifeline network. <laughs> okay, whatever. We can fall through the bridge, but we're going to have a dental lifeline network. Right. Fall through the hole in the bridge. I just I'm mystified mystified and when my email and my phone started blowing up yesterday from these town mayors and other officials who were like oh you know what they cut here's what they cut for me northwest louisiana got the whack job i mean whack-a-mole is what our town name should now be we should be whack-a-mole shreve whack-a-mole louisiana because they whacked a lot of stuff i'm still not fully on top of what Shreveport got and did not get. We got some. We've been saying and we've known for years that above Ellick, Louisiana doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I understand the population, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, that area has a larger population. Yeah. But it's not like we don't have anybody. Right. We have the third largest, third and fifth largest cities Mm -hmm. in the state. Yeah. In the northwest corner of, of Louisiana. Now, they may think we're part of East Texas, but we're not. Right. Don't want to be. We're Louisiana. You know, and I would like to get to the bottom of this because I would like to know. And, and I have texted Clay Shake Snyder, who is Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. I, I shot him a text. Did, did, didn't even do the you up. I did a, you know, can you join us on Keel? A nice, respectable message. And I haven't heard back from him yet. You didn't but say, it is hey, early. you moron. No, I didn't can do you? that. Okay. I didn't do that. But I want to know, did you have a deal, Clay Shake Snyder and, and the, the guys who wanted to boot, raise the spending cap, did you have a deal and did you think that Dodie Horton and Danny McCormick and Alan Seabaugh and Raymond Cruz, did you think they were going to vote with you? Did they say, I got you, I'll do this, and mm-hmm. then you think they backed out? Or did you push it on them and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. Y'all better get better get on board. And they said no. Now, if you read an article that Dodie Horton wrote, it was kind of like you were pushing this spending cap, but you weren't showing us what was in it. 
you were pushing, you know, lifting the spending cap, right. but you weren't giving us details about what's going to be included. So how can I vote for something if I don't know what's in it? I get that point, too. But I want to know what's the truth. There's going to be one side over here and one side over here. And will we ever really know what happened behind closed doors? Well, um, look, Shaq Snyder's not going to come on the air with us and go, yeah, we pushed it on them. We, no. we pushed it. But I, but if he wants anyone to vote for him for secretary of state, he's running for statewide office now. Right. This whole community is going to hate this man. If he was behind what he did to Shreveport Bossier, northwest Louisiana, if he's the main culprit, his chances of winning any votes here, Republican or Democrat, are toast. He cut out things that Democratic lawmakers were pushing. He cut out things that Republican lawmakers were pushing. One big project we got was the new state office building downtown. That's because that's what the governor wants. The governor is, is in favor of that, and Jay Darden has been pushing that. So they, they're moving forward with that. But a lot of other things got cut out. A lot of things. Shreveport did get some money. I'm not saying we didn't get any. But you're running for statewide office. You better explain yourself. How, how did this happen? Mr. Sheck Snyder. You told us to go jump in the lake is what you told us. And mm. we, we're not going to do that because it's our water supply. Yeah. Micah McCarty coming up. Uh, Kate Brumley will join us in the uh, 7 o'clock hour, 101.7 FM. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, State Representative Tanner McGee joining us. Tanner, good morning. Thanks for uh, catching up with us here on this short notice. No, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, for those that are just tuning in, of course, uh, House Bill two, uh, the funding for Jimmy Davis Bridge was removed. The contract is already in place. Um, a lot of people are thinking now this is retaliation for lawmakers from North Louisiana that didn't vote to bust the spending cap. What do you say to those accusations? Well, I mean, you know, I didn't even find out that the funding got removed until after the fact. Uh, in fact, a very rightfully angry and upset Thomas Presley called me, wanted to know what happened. I had no idea. Um, and I'd been in a lot of meetings. So if it was really intentional, I think it would have I would have heard about it before that moment, but and, and and to be clear, the money it's kind of complicated. But the money was take was reduced in P five, which is future funding, not current year funding. So, the, the, what was going on current year and next year wasn't removed. It's for down the line for the next session. You put basically money in the project for future years, and you move that money down, and it got reduced from I think one hundred fifty one billion to fifteen. Um, look, and, at the end of the day, I just think that. Uh, there was a lot of confusion at the end of the session, and I, there was definitely a spirit or an intention to uh, move projects and move money and funding to people who wanted to spend the money on infrastructure. I don't, I'm still not convinced, or I'm not sure that that was people really realized in the in the mail in the kind of chaos that was happening was that money was being taken out of Jimmy Davis Bridge projects and very important bridge project for not just Shreveport, but the state of Louisiana, and I know that lawmakers wouldn't have intentionally really wanted to do that. You're quoted as saying, and I'm quoting, people who were against spending the money by voting against raising the cap weren't going to get the money. 
People who voted for infrastructure got infrastructure. People who voted against infrastructure didn't get infrastructure. You can't have it both ways. But that bridge is in Thomas Presley's district, Barrow Peacock's district, who both voted for raising the, the cap. So that's where the confusion in our area is. Was it, you know, and now we're finding out, Mr. McGee, that the town of Houghton, the town of Benton, the town of Blanchard all got everything cut from that bill. It really smells like dirty politics. It really does. And I'm not sure who's to blame. Sure. And look, I can and I can clarify a couple of those things. Um, we have a very antiquated system at the Capitol that probably should be upgraded. Um, and that's why I don't think Jimmy, the Jimmy Bridge project was intentional. Um, but I think it doesn't show up the project in people's districts. It shows up who applied for them. So if whoever applies puts uh, Representative Horton's name on it, then the project is listed under Representative Horton, not under Representative Presley. Um, but I still don't. But think that Jimmy makes Davis it look even point. worse. I know I understand what you're saying, but what I'm trying to say is I, I, all these reasons why I, I'm not sure that that was really. I never heard anybody say that we weren't funding the Jimmy Davis Bridge project until. Um, after the fact. Now, the ones in Houghton, I can definitely tell you that, yeah, that is pretty much correct. And I know that's going to sound bad, but those projects were put in as member projects um, on the Senate side, probably through the state senator in those areas for Houghton. Um, and that was based off of us having the money to spend on uh, busting the spending cap. Once, if those members did not want those projects, they knew that decision when they were making their vote. Um, it, you know, at the end of the day, those members chose that they wanted to pay down more debt than do infrastructure projects. Um, frankly, that, that, that's I, I my question that, then for you. And we're talking to Tanner McGee, Speaker Pro Tem. Uh, here's where some of the mayor, the small town mayors, are telling me, not on the record because they don't want to tick these lawmakers off, but they're telling me these lawmakers, and I'm talking about Dodie Horton and some of the others, had a deal with you guys. Said, "Hey, we'll bust the spending cap." But here's the projects I want. And then, after the fact, decided not to vote to bust. Was there a deal in place? Did you think you had these folks' votes? Representative Horton definitely told people that she was voting for bust the spending cap um, the day before. If we would have voted when we were supposed to, but then we realized there was a, a rule about when the Constitution can allow for lying over and all that kind of stuff. So we had to wait till the next day to vote. According to everybody in the room, Representative Gordon was busting spending cap because it's not just the projects. I mean, busting spending cap allowed us to teach a pay raise, a supplemental pay for law enforcement, and do the big record debt payments of $700 million. So, yes, it was correct that everybody believed that Representative Horton was going to be voting for those projects. And then the next day, she started waffling, and then nobody really knew what she was going to do at that moment in time. So it was a lot of confusion. And look, I mean this in the most sincere way possible. There's a lot going on. It's 105 members in the chamber. It's hard to keep track of everything in real time. So, I mean, there's a lot of confusion going on. So that's when y'all said we're going to scratch Houghton. There was never – I know it's kind of difficult. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a, a, a real, like, concern. Like, I think there was an instruction to people if they don't vote for the projects, then you need to move those monies to people who are voting for those projects. I don't know if there was a, a very – and that's what the problem is, too. I mean, look, mm-hmm. this is the thing that I get into and that fr- really frustrates me is in why probably Jimmy Davis Bridge got mixed up in everything was we wanted SDR 3 to be voted up or down days before it was. We told members, look, if you don't vote for this, either way, for it or against it, it doesn't matter. The Senate's not sending us HB1, which is the budget, HB2, 
back, which is the capital outlay budget, back to us because they're saying they don't know how much money is going to be in the budget altogether, so they're going to hold them. And if they hold them, we're going to get these budgets back with very little time to work on them. And I know people have no desire or interest in the mechanics of staff and what it takes. The night before these these bills were released, staff stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning, and they returned at 6 o'clock in the morning with three hours of sleep, skipped dinner, had eight dinner in their offices trying to get these, these budgets prepared in the timeline that was given to them, which was really delayed by the by certain members in the House, which caused us to be under a gun. I would never want to do that with Okay, let, um, let me ask you about that. Being delayed by certain members of the House, the lawmakers didn't have the required 48 hours to approve the bill. The, that's not we correct. Had, we had, that's like, Presley told us we had 30 correct. minutes. That's not correct. There's no required 48 hours. That's, A, not correct. Uh, B, that's just something that's being repeated on the radio and, and being made up. No rules were broken. So, but B... Um, so we told them this is days before the 48 hours thing this is probably a week before we said look unless we take a vote on SCR 3 we will not get these budgets these bills back until too late and take us staff is going to be working overtime just to get them to us and we'll be voting on things we don't know those members exact words were we need to do this for leverage to get what we want from the senate those were and they said so we're going to delay them so that's what happened and then exactly what we said five days earlier came to fruition. They knew what was going to happen. I mean, look, I, I, I challenge anybody to tell me that I didn't tell everybody on the House floor that if we hold the vote on SCR 3, up or down, you're delaying the process to the point where we won't get the bills back in time from staff to make a vote on what we knew was going to what was in the bill. They knew that. I challenge any member to say that I did not say that on the House floor days in advance. So this whole, like, poor me and I'm crying about it, that's, they were warned. They just didn't believe it or they didn't care. I, I can't tell you which one it is, but that's the truth. What so is, I, it, what's the status now of the Jimmy Davis Bridge? We understand oh. that it's going to move forward. The contract's already been signed, um, but we have to put the money back in next spring. Is that kind of where we are? Yeah, and look, I mean, it, that's so that's kind of where we are. It's fine. It's moving forward. Um, everybody, it was not delayed because the money that I reduced is P5 money that can be put back. It's not, it's not going forever. Um, so next spring we can come back and fix it, uh, which I'm glad because I look, I, I've actually sponsored a bill my last term that funded mega projects. And the Jimmy Davis Bridge was one of the mega projects that I have listed. Um, your, your representative wanted to switch it to I-49 North, which I agreed to by amendment process. That's a very important project. I personally never would have been a part of allowing a, a major regional, actually statewide project like that to be cut. Now, the heart and stuff, look, those are member amendments. Those are people thinking think they want. These are my desires for if we bust a spending cap, these are things I want. So I can't really cry about if they didn't do what they said they were going to do to get those projects, they don't get them. I just think that somehow in the confusion of all of the delay tactics, Jim Day Bridge got accidentally wrapped up into that by somebody and nobody had time to catch it that's what i really believe happened but i don't know because i didn't i wasn't there for any of it tanner can you hold on with us through the break we want sure. to talk to you uh talking with tanner mcgee uh, tanner mcgee state representative mikey mccarty
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty, and talking with uh, State Representative Tanner McGee. Oh, speaker broke. Okay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was trying to take my trash out during the break. <laughs> wow. I, I have some that needs to go out if you get a minute, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Tanner McGee, your Speaker Pro Tem, second in command of the House, correct? Yes, ma'am, that's correct. Uh, let me ask you one critical thing that drives me crazy. Y'all have the conference committee on House Bill 2, and nary a person mm-hmm. from northwest Louisiana is on that panel, the second largest city in the state. How does that happen? Well, a lot of reasons. Um, you know, the... The speaker is going to put the people he trusts on the on that conference panel. He doesn't uh, trust Thomas Presley. He does trust Thomas Presley a lot, actually. Um, and I was just about to say, te- typically it's second and third termers who make the conference panel. Um, but I think Thomas Presley's reputation, not just with the speaker, but with everybody, is sterling. Um, but so typically, from that pool of second and third termers, is where it would come from. Usually, it's the person who's in charge of the committee. Is one of the is one of the picks, um, so that would automatically be Stuart Bishop, and then you have two more people who can be on it. Usually, the speaker puts himself on there, and then typically it's a third other person. Usually, it's the opposition party is the traditional Louisiana way of doing that. This term, we've kind of gotten away from that as things have gotten more just super majority and Republican dominated. We start putting Republicans on there, but um, you know, in retrospect, I think it's probably something that we should look at is going back to some sort of geographical way of doing it. Unfortunately, I'm just going to be straightforward and honest with you. I'm not sure there's anybody from Northwest Virginia besides Thomas that we you, trust. You understand there. our frustration in the fact that we, even before this debacle, North Louisiana, especially Northwest Louisiana, seems to be just completely ignored by Baton Rouge. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, me, and me and Thomas... We both we both joke and, and seriously talk about all the time. And you know, Thomas brings pe- legislators from around the state up there to visit Shreveport to show the infrastructure. I've been up there, Paula Davis, Jerome Zerang, the chairman of appropriations, um, in, in an effort to, to get more awareness for Shreveport. Um, you know, the reality is, and I'm just going to be frank with you, is you have a group of other than Thomas and, and Barrow Peacock and Greg Tarver who really, I'm not sure that they care. They're more interested in making headlines about obstructing government than they are about doing people's work on the on on the on the front end of you know what can we do to move forward as a community and sometimes those things are and i hate to say it mutually exclusive and that's just the reality of politics and then people can cry and, and they can be upset about it but this is the way it's always been are you saying they don't play well about. with others i'm saying they don't play well with others for the most part yes Okay, then here here's my question to you this morning, Tanner McGee, Speaker Pro Tem. Sure. You, you, the, the cutting out of the Houghton projects, yeah, it hurts Doty Horton, but it hurts Houghton. The, the mayor of Houghton, the town of Houghton, they need these projects. The town of Benton, the, the oil cities, the Blanchards. Blanchard. You know, you're, of course you're hurting the representatives, but you're hurting our small communities that some of these projects are critical. Sure, and look, I and I and I feel bad for them, and I, I, I agree. But that's the reason why I make votes that sometimes I don't like. Um, sometimes that I have to say, well, I, you know, this is it. But I, I can get if I vote for this, I know I'll get these projects. And yeah, we're busting the spending cap, even though it's seven hundred million dollars in debt payment. What I asked for when this whole process got started, um, we have one point three billion dollars in the rainy day fund, one point seven in the budget stabilization fund, all savings accounts, seventy million saved up in capital outlay. 
um, you know, teacher pay raises and law enforcement, all I have to do is do this with two votes, and I get to do a very conservative budget. It may not make everybody happy, but I get to take care of the people back home, and, and that's my job as a representative. So I, I can't completely sign off on the fact that I get to that the representatives don't matter and that they just get to go up there and vote for anything they want, but then also claim that they were fighting for their communities when they made a conscious decision. They made a very conscious decision on what they wanted to do, and they literally said with that vote, when they voted against it, I would rather not spend this money, even though I know this money will go to my district. They, that's what they said when they made that vote. That's what their conscious decision was. I know this money could help my district, like you just pointed out, but I'm choosing not to because I don't think we should spend this money. It's, it's, it's either wasteful spending or it's not. It can't be both. And you can't go home and claim both. That's what they want to do. They want their cake and they want to eat it too. They want to sound fiscally conservative. I didn't spend the extra money. I kept it in my pocketbook. And oh yeah, I took all the people who were willing to spend the extra money to, for their communities and I spent it on my district. That's kind of called hypocrisy. And so I do have a problem with that. But the political shenanigans is what people in our state are tired of. And this really. That's not political sh- shenanigans. That's not, look, that's not political shenanigans. That's if you wanted to bust the cap. To spend money. It's either wasteful spending or it's not. Mm-hmm. It can't be both. And so it's not political sh- shenanigans. It's, 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 I can't say I'm, I'm voting against teacher pay raises and then actually say, and then when I get the teacher pay raises, for everybody say, I was for teacher pay raises. It just doesn't work that way. So they did not want to spend that money on their communities. They heard from their mayors, they heard from their people, and said they would rather save that money or apply it to debt. That's the decision they made. If their constituents are upset with them, I think they should be, to be honest with you. And I think they should probably look at electing new people who are willing to say, hey, I know this might look bad in the public eye, but I know this money can go to some really good stuff for my people that they need, as you pointed out. And I agree with that. That's tough. I mean, but that's kind of, you know, the job that we're signed up to do. I I see your point, but it's almost like my way or the highway and, you know, and your town's going to hurt if you don't do it my way. That's, you know, no, and how, how, unfair, how unfair would it be for me? I have the same kind of constituents that Dodie and Allen and Daniel Cormick have that they don't like. They read the newspaper and they read the, uh, really the fake reports, to be honest with you, about this is some sort of spending spree, which is really not. It's actually a very concerted budget. But I, I get all those same complaints. Mm-hmm. How unfair would it be for me, though? I'm willing to do it to help the local people. And then I don't get to spend the money because Dodie does. That's not fair. I understand I'm your point. The politi- I, I'm willing to take the political heat to help out my small towns in my area, and they're not. I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, it would be unfair to me. Tanner McGee, I can't I'm- thank you enough. Uh, appreciate you joining us. I know, I know it's not a great conversation to have, but it, it's blowing up up here. I know, and I, I appreciate y'all having me on. Anytime y'all want, I'm willing to talk and. I will give as many frank discussions as y'all want to have. Thank you, Tanner. Appreciate your time. You're welcome. 1017 FM. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, just in front of uh, State Superintendent of Education, Kate Brumley, going to be joining us right after the break. One hundred one seven FM. Or do you have- yeah, let me read real quick because I did text the Speaker of the House, Clay Shakesnyder, to ask him to join us this morning. Can you join us on Keel and Shreveport? And he replied, and I'm quoting Clay Shakesnyder, Speaker of the House. 
quote, A Prayer for Things We Don't Understand by Reverend Kyle Norman. He saw and believed, as yet they still did not understand from the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. John chapter 20. I don't know what he means, but I confirmed that's his number. I thought, well, I got the wrong number. So he, I guess he's not joining us this morning, I guess is that answer. That's what I, I got from Speaker the of the House. I don't either. Uh, look, prayer I'm all for, for quoting scripture. We but don't understand. I don't understand the reference. <sighs> I don't either. I don't know what's going on. Cade Brumley next. 1017 mm-hmm. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Changing gears just a little bit with uh Cade Brumley, Louisiana Superintendent of Education. Cade, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Hey, good morning everyone. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about the teacher pay increase. They got two thousand dollars one time bonus. How how did the how did the teachers feel about this? Yeah, look, I mean, we, we went into the session with a recommendation uh, to the legislature for a $2,000 across-the-board pay raise for teachers, uh, but also for the first uh, time in our state's history, creating a pool of dollars where local systems could then use those dollars in a market-responsive way to uh, pay additional salaries to teachers in high-needs areas like high school math, high school science, K-12 special education, uh, high-performing teachers, uh, teachers in, in schools that are sometimes difficult to staff. And so at the end of the day, um, when uh, the legislature finally approved the budget, um, those pay raises were not in there as permanent raises, but they were in there as essentially stipends. And so I think the way that you know we have to look at it is uh, at the end of the day for this upcoming year, uh, teachers will have uh, you know additional, additional pay, uh, and then we just have to look at how can we uh, moving forward, secure uh, additional pay for teachers that's more permanent. When do they get that check? Well, that will be uh, dependent on uh, each local system and, and how and when uh, they have financial practices to uh, di- distribute those funds. But uh, they they have to distribute those funds. And so every uh, educator uh, across the state will receive a, a $2,000 um, uh, stipend essentially, uh, and it it could be divided up over the course of the year, or it could be one time payment. Um, and all support personnel, which would be you know individuals like cafeteria workers, bus drivers, they would receive a one thousand dollar stipend. The third grade test now it doesn't go into effect this fall; it's next fall, where third graders have to have three chances to pass a literacy test before they can move to the fourth grade. That that ultimately did pass, correct? Um, yes, so that bill authored by Representative Nelson both last year when it was not successful and this year did pass both um, uh, both houses. And so uh, that would go into effect in a couple of years. And, and what that says basically is if a student is not reading on grade level by the end of third grade, uh, that they would have to be uh, retained. Now, some people say, well, we, we retained students years ago and it didn't work. Um, I think the difference today is we have an entire suite of policy and practices around the science of reading, uh, which is a phonics-based, back-to-the-basics approach that we've implemented the last three years to try to put students in a better position before they ever get to third grade. So uh, 
a lot of work has, has happened on the literacy front. You know, we have made uh, really strong progress nationally in the rankings on literacy, led the entire country in fourth-grade reading growth. So, I mean, we feel good about our reading strategy right now, but this will just be another um, uh, piece of legislation that adds to that. You said the fourth-grade reading levels. Louisiana moved from 42nd in the country to 11th? That's, that's right. quite the leap. Yeah, that's that's fourth grade reading levels for for students uh, who are identified as economically disadvantaged. Uh, in 2019, uh, those students uh, in Louisiana were ranked 42nd nationally. Uh, and with some of the work that has happened in schools across our state, when that new ranking came out by the nation's report card, we had moved to 11th. That's so, incredible. I mean, congratulations. I that's, well, I mean, congratulations to the teachers across the state um, and, and parents and the kids, but we still have more work to go. And whenever we refer back to the to the salary issues, um, we also did get a pool of, of funding in the in the final budget that does allow for targeted pay for the first time in our state's history, which will allow for some of the vacancies that, that exist presently for additional funding to go to those areas uh, to try and staff those those areas, as well as uh, paying teachers who are uh, performing at, at really high levels additional funds. Let's talk about your the new Epic dashboard. Uh, we don't want to get into too much detail because it's a lot. It's complicated, but it essentially gives folks an easier way to find out what's going on with their kids. Well, yeah, I mean, it gets really in the weeds uh, quickly, but if you've got any uh, data nerds out in the uh, listening audience, they will really uh, be jazzed about this. So uh, the Epic dashboard that we released yesterday, you can find it on our website, louisianabelieves.com. Uh, you can go uh, by system in this state, by parish, and look at academic outcomes, and then you can cross-reference that against uh, spending. Um, so it's broken out in a number of different ways. It's disaggregated. And so the, the public can go in and, and look at how our system's performing in different areas, all the way from kindergarten readiness through high school graduation. Um, and then you can look at spending by system and look at where each system is investing um, uh, funding. And so it gives you a really good sense of where our, our systems are across the state, but it also gives us a sense of, like, academic return on investment. So. If we are funding a particular initiative, it, is that is that mattering for kids? And so, again, LouisianaBelieves.com, the Epic Dashboard, it's really cool. Haven't seen I haven't seen anything like this across the country, and so we're really excited about uh, launching that for the public. Cade Brumley, Superintendent of Education. Next time you're around, you have to come in studio with us. All right. I look forward to it, Aaron. Thanks. Thank you, Cade. All right. Take care. One on one. Holy cow. <laughs> this is, Aaron, this is hilarious. My phone is Well, it's hilarious, up. but it's it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that are texting me right now. Let's see. Let's run through the list. Danny McCormick, Moon Griffon, Scott Hughes, Alan Seabaugh, a judge in Bozier who shall be, be nameless, um, Tanner McGee still, Beryl Amity, a state rep in South Louisiana has been listening, Thomas Presley, Dodie Horton and I are talking, Raymond Cruz, the list goes on. <laughs> These folks are fired up and they are ticked off and I don't have room to get them all on today. We are going to have Dodie Horton on tomorrow at 810. She says, quote, 
McGee lied. I never said I would vote for the spending cap. Uh, she said I, he absolutely lied. He's a smooth trial attorney. Well, we, we also got a text saying that that's not true about the 48-hour requirement to be able to study the bill. Right. And I didn't circle back on that because I've seen the – they sent me – they all sent me the, 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 the rule – and I didn't circle back on that with Mr. McGee because it's so far in the weeds. And the well, average that's kind the, of an important point. You delay the you know presenting this bill until it's too late to to actually mm-hmm. look over it, make any uh, adjustments or you bet, recommendations. You bet. And they ought to challenge it, like well, Seabaugh said. My point. They ought to challenge it. They ought to say you broke the rules. Here's our rules. We have them for a reason. And they ought to call them out on it and 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 hold them to task. But I, I didn't go back to it with Mr. McGee for those who are listening who care a lot about this because he would have just said the same thing and it was too far in the weeds for the average listener to, to follow and understand. But again, you guys ought to really hold him to task and you need it for crying out loud and you need a new house speaker. Good God. He sent me Bible verse instead of answering whether he could join us on the radio. Well, no, no, don't say because of that. No, it's not the Bible verse, but I mean, answer my question. No, I'm not coming on. Kiss my booty, whatever. Don't send me some cryptic message that nobody understands. I don't understand the reference, I, I do admit. He's quoting Reverend Kyle Norman. I, I don't know why he did that. I'm not sure. And he's running for Secretary of State. We we, oh. we we got a lot of messages on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, too. Uh, talking about our interview with Tanner McGee. He is what's wrong with this state. He's basically saying it's all a game. Well, this game needs to end now. Yeah, it's ugly. But Aaron, I don't know how you're going to change it. How are you going to change it? Seriously. Okay, I'm elected state senator. I go mm-hmm. to I go to Baton Rouge. What, on, what can you do? I don't know. If you want to hold true to because- your conservative values, do you give up getting things for your community? Because you want to hold strong to your conservative values. Do you have to say, because I want to hold strong to that, my towns will not get any money? I mean, that sounds ridiculous. Well, and that's, But that's what but they're that's, saying that's and our doing. System. That's what they're saying and that's what they're doing now. And a perfect example I'm reading of why Louisiana will always be backwards compared to Texas. He said mm. politicians should vote against what's best for the state in exchange for being bringing home port projects. Yeah. He ought to be ashamed to look in a mirror. Oh, it's just I'm I'm fired up. All of our state senators and representatives are fired up. Uh, Danny McCormick is going to join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Daniel Erspommer is going to join us at 810. He's kind of been going over who got what. And I'm betting Acadiana. And he's with the Pelican Institute. Yeah, I'm betting Acadiana got a boatload of money. We'll find out. Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, uh, CEO of the Pelican Institute, Daniel Erspommer. And it's early where you, it's, it's early where this. you are. I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you really got up Good early morning. for us. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I am uh, attending some meetings out in California. So always happy to, 
to get up and, and talk with y'all. And thanks for putting me later in the <laughs> in yeah. the program. Okay, put the buckets out in front of you about uh, which communities got the most from Baton Rouge as the session wrapped and which got the least. Uh, Shreveport Bozier bucket, uh, pretty empty, huh? Yeah, you know, and and I uh, let me caveat all this by saying, you know, my wonderful colleagues, particularly my colleague Jamie Tyrov, has been basically combing through this stuff since it passed. So the lawmakers who had about five minutes to to review this uh, certainly didn't know what's in it, and and we're still trying to figure it out. Um, but but it appears, uh, particularly in this bill, we call it HB two, that capital outlay bill, that that's where most of the uh, the political payback for uh, for for trying to oppose the the, the raise of the expenditure limit has been exacted, and you you start to really see where projects have been removed from the budget. We had uh, money in there for Jimmy Davis Bridge, which was the first thing we noticed was gone. I now spend an afternoon talking to small town mayors across North Louisiana who say our projects got wackadoodle too. Um, this is, could be, this could go on for a little while where we realize a lot of things got, got hit that are in our area because of some of our lawmakers and their decision to stick firm with their conservative view and not raise the spending cap. Um, how long is it going to take before we know where the dust settles? Well, I, I think we're probably maybe another day away or so from, uh, from getting a full picture of what's what's in it, actually just following because the way this works for the for the listeners who who thankfully have never had to spend time looking at these bills, <laughs> um, you know it's it's hundreds of pages of amendments that refer to previous sets of hundreds of pages of amendments. So it's it's not such that you can just sort of look at a piece of paper and say, oh, there's all the projects. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is it is entirely complex to to try to make it through and. You know, you've heard now lawmakers say, oh, well, look, you voted against the expenditure limit. Why, you know, why would you get any projects? And, you know, I, I think I can speak for everyone, but, you know, for, for a lot of people, they oppose that because of what we are now seeing in terms of the variety of bills they got passed and the hundreds of millions of dollars of sort of pet projects. That's what they oppose, not uh, genuine investments in infrastructure and bridges and roads and, and water, things that really need to be done. And there's plenty of that, too. The problem is it's mixed in with all of the pet projects. And you start looking at things like $75 million for a performing arts center in Lafayette compared to some of what got cut uh, in the Shreveport-Bossier area or, or even in uh, the ports in South Louisiana, all of which are, are pretty important infrastructure projects. But you could say that, speaking of, the Jimmy Davis Bridge project is a public safety issue. This is a bridge that's about 600 years old and it's falling apart. I'm being sarcastic, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not a, it's not, a, and look, I'm an, I'm a, I'm an actor, I'm an artist, I'm all for the arts, but you've got to take care of public safety. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, you look not, this is not just the, the capital outlay bill, but you look and you start to, to count the number of museums and, uh, art. And again, I, I'm with you. I'm, I, I came up in music and art and, uh, we've got 16 museums and galleries, 59 parks, recreation, sports, athletic facilities. And those are uh, important. They're quality of life issues that are important. But they shouldn't take precedence over something like roads and bridges. 
no question about it. And, and there's, you know, a lot of argument that a lot of those should be the responsibility of either philanthropy. There's a lot of money being donated by generous, wonderful people uh, to arts and, and, and culture and parks and athletic facilities. Those have traditionally been the, the realm of local government, of local taxpayers who come together and say, yeah, we want this. We're going to we're going to spend our tax dollars to spend it, not some overlord in Baton Rouge deciding where all of our tax dollars get to go. Um, Tanner McGee, the Speaker Pro Tem, joined us last hour, and he essentially, as um, bold as you could go, said you can't have it both ways. You can't vote not to lift the spending cap and then want us to spend money in your area. What's the flaw in that argument? Look, I have a lot of respect for Representative McGee. I think he's he's smart and straightforward, but but I think he's just flat wrong on this. And and here's why: it's exactly what what you were saying earlier, which is these are the, the goal of this project. The goal of taking taxpayer dollars and spending it in our state is about priorities. It's about picking where the biggest needs are and the biggest priorities are. And so this discussion over the expenditure limit is not about should we spend money on projects. Of course we should. Of course we should. The question of the expenditure limit was should we spend $1.4 billion next year more than the cap suggested and should we spend uh, $250 million in the current fiscal year more? And what we see the more we dig in is a lot of projects that aren't that don't meet that qualification of high priority. And, and the reality is we've got a state that is shedding population, that is continuing to suffer economically, and the idea that we're just going to spend every dollar we have with no, uh, no, no need to give money back to taxpayers to lower taxes or to really prioritize where our dollar goes and then politically punish people who try to make that stand – I understand the logic of what Representative McGee is saying. Again, I have a lot of respect for him, and we work together on things. But unfortunately, I think he's wrong on this, and this really doesn't pass the smell test. This is about politics as usual, not about getting the priorities right for the state of Louisiana. What about the 48-hour wait? for the, You know, they're supposed to have 48 hours mm-hmm. to review bills. Um, that didn't happen. That the, the, They got some of these bills right at the last minute with 30 minutes to spare. Um, and the rules were obviously violated. He he claims no, that's not true. Tanner Tanner told us that there was no forty eight hour rule. Well, I, again, I, I I just have to disagree. Um, you know, here we are. This is this is exactly the way they they did business back in the old days. Is they just rammed it down people's throats at the end. And let's just set aside whether or not there's a rule. This is common sense when you're spending $50 billion of taxpayer money that lawmakers have a chance to read the bill before uh, they vote on it. Look, I, I appreciate that, you know, there's a need to defend the actions that, that happen, but, but this, the, the circus that happened in the last 30 minutes of the legislature, and frankly, the circus that happened across the budget fight uh, in this legislature is really indefensible. And, 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 Taxpayers deserve better than this. Our lawmakers deserve better than this. These are part-time men and women who have a part-time job at the legislature, who have very little staff. To expect them to be able to comprehend that 
that volume of information in that little time. And now, of course, we see people not just who stood on principle and didn't want to bust the cap, but people from across the political persuasion across the political aisles who are mad about how it happened. That is an indicator that this didn't go well. We absolutely must do better next time. Daniel Erspalmer with the uh, Pelican Institute. You did tweet out every voter in Louisiana should watch the last 30 minutes of the legislative Mm -hmm. process this fall. And not for entertainment purposes, but for educational purposes. Absolutely. You know, again, when we send our our tax dollars to Baton Rouge, when we go to the polls to vote for who's going to represent us, the most important thing they do is how is how decide make decisions about how to spend our money. Mm. And and I think it's it's just too easy for uh, for everyone, taxpayers, lawmakers, everyone involved to just think of this as some far flung process out in imperial baton rouge uh that doesn't affect us and and law and voters and citizens taxpayers constituents need to understand the dysfunction that happened there so that we can make sure it doesn't happen again so that when we're making decisions about who's going to represent us next fall or this coming fall rather that mm-hmm. that we send them there on a mandate of fiscal responsibility of tax reform of education policy and most importantly that we send them there on a mandate that they represent us as our taxpayers, our interests, uh, and do it in a way that is completely transparent to the public. That is not what we got this year, unfortunately. And that's uh, in the in in defense of the current legislature. They've done this very well for the last three years. This mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, this was a change from from the way they've operated in the past, and it's a real shame. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for talking with us this morning. Uh, we'll talk again soon. I'd appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate Thanks. all you do. Mm-hmm. Daniel Erspalmer with the Pelican Institute. Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, oh, Mike and McCarty. I just need someone to text me a dirty joke. Aaron says I'm instead worn of all out. The, instead of all this political stuff and all that, somebody that just, has my number text me a dirty joke. Not a dirty joke. Yeah, just come a on. Joke. Just a joke. Joke is good. I'll take a joke. Okay, text <sighs> text one of Ruben's songs. Then oh, then no, then. no, no, no. Just <laughs> I mean my literally my phone has been if I had the sound on this phone, it would have been beep 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 beep. Right. I mean, every 20 seconds, which is kind of cool. There's a lot of folks listening. Lots of folks. My sister called me last night and she mm-hmm. she said, uh, hey, if you haven't had dinner, I made spaghetti. Oh, I was like, no, I haven't. And you're back in it still, awesome. right? Awesome. Yes. Oh, wow. Nice. So that was nice. And then my yeah. mom brings over. I hear this, you know, in the front door. Uh-huh. And I, Okay, I, 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 yes, I'm that man. I hate somebody knocking on the door. Oh, I'm, I hate it too. I just, <laughs> I hate just, it. I just like, what? And then the dogs go nuts and, mm-hmm. and I'm having to kick the dog back and, you know, yeah. but it's my mom with a piece of a uh, homemade fresh green tomato pie. What? What is green oh, tomato pie? Aaron. Haven't done this one. It's, it's pretty incredible oh wow pretty, yeah I, I, yeah you're a lucky man what i had for breakfast this morning <laughs> <laughs> i did it's sugar-free right uh, uh-huh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> we won't text dina on this one yeah we'll leave her out of it oh man that sounds delish though
God, so uh, you got, you got good. Skitty? So I got, and, yeah. And I went to Shane's and got like a family thing, a big family. Oh, yeah. So I'll, so I'll eat on that for the rest of the week, okay. too. Now, Until wifey gets chicken. back, maybe? Yeah. Mm. Actually, she's coming back next week. So Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Uh, but she, are, she didn't do all the cooking. You do some of it, too, right? Typically? <laughs> oh, Lord. Do you know how to boil water? Can you do ramen noodles? I got some fresh corn on the cob late last oh, week. That's yeah. what I had over the weekend. Oh, it was so good. That was delish. Shucked that corn and got... Oh! Delish. Love delish. Summer. Love the summer. Mm-hmm. Coming up after uh, the news at the bottom of the hour, uh, State Rep Danny McCormick going to give us... He's uh, he's one that voted not to bust his spending cap. Mm-hmm. He, got, uh, he got busted. Yeah. Like some of our locals did. We'll, we'll talk to him coming up 8.40. Mike and McCormick. One seven FM seven in Kiel, Michael McCarty. You said hurry up. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> oh, okay. I was talking to my computer. Coming up, uh, <laughs> State Rep Danny McCormick from Oil City going to join us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline after the break. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. Welcome to Sesame Street. Oh man. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh Oil City State Representative Danny McCormick joining us. Good morning, Danny. Thanks for uh, talking with us this morning. Thanks, guys. I sure appreciate the opportunity to be on this morning. It's it's good to be back from Baton Rouge, but Looks like uh, some some of those Baton Rouge creatures have followed us back to Shreveport. But uh Boy but, yeah they have but I'm, <laughs> I, I don't think I they follow this. They don't want anything to do with North of Louisiana. Yeah, they don't want to come up here. Uh, that's right. You know, they act like uh, North Louisiana just started getting the short end of the stick. We've been getting it for years. I think everybody in the community knows that. And we're pushing back, and uh, and, and they don't like that. You know, uh, they seem to, to not really like conservative women. I see them uh, attacking uh, Dodie Horton, you know, which is uh, she, she has never wavered. She's never bobbled. Uh, She's a strong conservative woman, and and ironically, they they're uh, Clay Schneider, which is running for Secretary of State, is alienate just about every conservative woman group across the state. The way he can treat conservative women, it, it's really shameful. Tanner McGee said Dodie Horton promised she was going to vote to lift the spending cap. She texted me this morning. She said that is absolutely not true. Do you have any other information to shed light on this? Yes, Dodie Horton was, has been solid the whole time. Now, did Dodie talk to him? Sure, she did. Dodie's quite uh, easy to work with. She'll talk to everybody and anybody, even Tanner McGee. <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, there, as you very well seen in your interview, within 10 minutes of the, the radio station, y'all disproved two of the things that he said uh, in, in the comments. Y'all, he just doesn't tell the truth. It's shameful. But he was sent here to protect the Speaker of the House, Clay Schecksnyder. Mm-hmm. Clay's running for Secretary of State. Uh, he, uh, this is, we need to keep the eye on Clay Schneider. He's the guy that wants to count your votes. Mm-hmm. The guy that's, that's using bullying tactics to, uh, North Louisiana wants to count your votes. Let's keep, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's, we need to make sure we got a secretary of state that's fair with elections. Now he doesn't run the, he doesn't run the election system like he runs the state capitol. Danny, and we're talking to state rep Danny McCormick from Oil City. 
um, there are allegations from Tanner McGee, from others, from some of the small town mayors I spoke to yesterday who were blowing my phone up that say you, Seaball, uh, Horton, and Cruz don't play well with others, and that's why some of the projects in your district were cut. What do you, how do you respond to that? Well, I say if playing well with others means I'm supposed to compromise my principles, they're exactly right. I'm a principal man. I was elected on the principles of I believe in, and I can continue to stand on those principles. What they really said is, is, is this is a, what, what Tanner McGee said to you. I don't know if you heard in his interview. He said it's always been done this way. Mm-hmm. We were bucking the trend in Baton Rouge. We're standing up for the people of Louisiana. We're, we're trying to be conservative with their money. We figured out how to give the teachers a raise and benefit all the citizens of Louisiana. They turned that down. Tanner McGee said he'd get on your radio program say they gave the teachers a raise. He didn't. He gave them a one-term payment. Uh, we were going to not bust the cap, pay off retirement, which would help everybody in Louisiana, and give the teachers a permanent raise. It's shameful. They, did they target the teachers? I mean, evidently the teachers didn't go along with them neither because they targeted them too. You, you wanted to vote, to, or you voted not to bust the spending cap. Tell me why. Because it was $2.3 billion of extra spending that we had no idea where it was going. This was a Nancy Pelosi, you got to vote for it, uh, for it before you know what's in it budget. And if you don't, we're going to pull some piddly project out of your district because we don't give you nothing to start with. This was this is not what the, the people of Louisiana stand for. And and honestly, I'm, I'm glad uh, the Speaker of the House, Clay Schechtsnyder, sent uh, Tanner up here so y'all can see what we're dealing with on a daily basis. Everything, every miss. I'm, I'm going to say he misspoke. I, I guess the North Louisiana would say lied. But whatever Tanner did on your, your your show, he does that all day long, every day. And the speaker, and he's doing it for the speaker. It's just completely, utterly shameful. But let them know. Let the people that's community know we're fighting for them. We're standing for them. We're smoking the rats out in Baton Rouge, and uh, and that's why they come come to Shreveport. They're feeling vulnerable right now. But Danny, my issue has been, you know, we've been left out for years, and then when I ask them on the HB two on the conference committee, who from Northwest Louisiana was on that panel? Nobody. How does that happen? This is the third largest city in the state. How come one of you guys that's a veteran doesn't demand we need representation on that committee? We did demand it. We actually ran a uh, a bill that would expanded that conference committee. And I say we, uh, Tony Bacala from South Louisiana, would expand that that committee, get more representation on there. He was even putting uh, somebody on there from the from the uh, from the Democrat side of the aisle. We were making this fair. They don't want fair. I mean, it's just a, it's a corrupt system. And I'd like to give you uh, what I think is the solution to the problem. We've okay. been talking about the problem, but I guess everybody knows it's corrupt. Please Here's do. I've been asking years. what the solution is. This is this is the solution. Why does North Louisiana want to continue to send tax dollars to Baton Rouge when they don't send them back? I mean, that's foolish. Let me give you an example. Here in a couple of years, the point four five sales tax is fixing to be expiring statewide. The question is in Baton Rouge, are we going to renew it or are we not going to renew it? Well, let me say this. What if we don't renew it? What if North Louisiana says, why do we want to keep sending our tax money down there if we don't get it back? Let's don't renew it. And then the town of Blanchard or the, uh, or, um, in, in Shreveport can decide, hey guys, we're going to ta- we're going to put this 0.45 sales tax back on the ballot and see if you approve it. And we're going to keep this 0.45 here in our area without sending it to Baton Rouge. That's the answer to the question. That's, you know, that's how we solve the problem. Let's just quit sending it down there. You take the money away from them. You take the power away from them. 
So we, we raise the taxes in our local communities rather than have it on the books statewide. Well, I don't know if you uh, and that raise the taxes. I don't know if that's exactly right. If you got a point four five coming off and a point four five going on, just who you send it to is changing. Okay. And so and, and that'd be up to the local voters to to make that decision. We don't need to be uh, we didn't we don't need to be sending our money to Baton Rouge. We've got to change that. And because uh, you now y'all know, like I said, I'm so thankful that Tanner come on and, and showed the true colors of him him and the Speaker of the House Clay Schecksnyder. And prove to North Louisiana what we're dealing with down there. Let me ask you this, Danny McCormick, old city rep. How hard were you hit? We know about the Jimmy Davis Bridge. I know Blanchard was cut. How hard was your district hit? It it, it wasn't hit that hard because they never give us anything anyhow. Now, was Blanchard hit? Yes. But I will say that. You know, uh, uh, the Tanner was talking about uh, Senator Tarver, how great he was. I voted against HB2, which cut Blanchard. Senator Tarver voted for HB2, which cut Blanchard. You know, if if I can't get my uh, local senators and reps to uh, vote against the bill that punishes us locally, I, you know, I don't know what else to do. But I voted not to cut Blanchard. Mm. State Rep. Danny McCormick, thanks for your time. This is a mess. We'll be talking about it more. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you waiting off into to it. It's definitely the swamp. You bet. So have a great day. Uh-huh. You too, sir. Thank you. 101. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty. Storming out there. We're under a um, thunderstorm watch till at least ten. They're probably going to extend that, so just be careful. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, it's kind of nasty outside. It is yucky doodle. Mm-hmm. I need a nap, by the way. Do you? My gosh, mm-hmm. I'm ready for mine. <laughs> I'll be getting mine soon. I might nap in our well, meeting. We have a meeting. Can I nap in there? Oh, we do have a. Uh, yeah. Do we have a meeting today? But this, Aaron, this this is vitally important. I know, I know. I just... This uh, our state budget, mm-hmm. and 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 where that money goes, and then now you're seeing who decides where it's, that money goes and why. It's a small group of people who get together, kind of behind the scenes, and say, "Oh, you did this. You didn't vote like we wanted. Okay, get all of those projects." Type the word Houghton in this document. Scratch them all. Houghton got scratched. And and the other SC word. I'm not going to say it on the radio. <laughs> but Houghton literally got scratched. And Dodie Horton's going to join us tomorrow. Because she says they absolutely are not telling the truth about her, you know, her promising to vote like they wanted. Right. Because uh, when we talked with Tanner McGee, he said she had agreed to bust a spending cap. That's what she he said. She was down in Baton Rouge saying she was going to vote mm-hmm. to bust a spending cap. And but she texted you soon after said that is not absolutely the case. not true. Um, so do people just lie? You know, I, I don't understand. I really don't. Um, I'm I'm at a I'm at a loss for words. With regard to that, and McGee said, "I'll be happy to join y'all anytime you want." He was very open. He was, and and his point you have to you have to understand his point, which is, you know, if you want a spending cap and you don't and you want to halt spending, so when we get to that cap, 
whose projects get cut? You don't get right. You don't vote for us. You're not getting any money. I mean, and, that's basically what they're saying. And I understand that. But you also have to do think do the spending the right way. You have to do the spending based on what are the needs. Do we need a $750 million performing arts center in Lafayette? Or do we need a new Jimmy Davis bridge? Which is a bigger necessity for Louisiana? I, I'm not bashing on Lafayette. I know that's a wonderful complex and it'll be beautiful. Seven, but that's what the budget was? I think it was, maybe it was 75 million. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have the wrong number wrong, but it was a lot of money. Okay. We spent $250,000 on band uniforms. There's, I mean, I could go on and on on this Is list. That LSU? I don't know what, no, it was like a, a small school, I guess, or a university. I don't know. Okay. But I just, there are so many things in this bill that's like, you know, it just reeks of buying votes. Yep, I'm going to bring it home. So you vote for me this fall because we're all up for re-election. Some of them are termed out, but some of them are up for re-election. Some of them are running for the Senate, coming from the House and vice versa. But it's just, this is this smells like we used to run business back in the Edwin Edwards days and the Huey Long days. And they are both dancing in heaven, looking down, going, there you go, boys. That's how you do politics in Louisiana. In heaven? Um, uh, you said they're message, in heaven. Message from we the Shreveport Security Systems <laughs> Message Board. We hope. Uh, because, And I'm quoting, because of Shreveport, Bossier City, Caddo, and Bossier Parish being screwed over by the state legislators this session, what would it take for Caddo and Bossier to secede from the state of Louisiana mm. and become part of Texas? Mm. Not going to happen. Come Not on. Let's focus happen. on what we can change. Fix it. Get it I, right. I mean... Mm. I understand your frustration because yeah. they rec- they don't recognize this as part of Louisiana. Right. I understand. Mm. <laughs> I know. Tomorrow, we're going to continue this. Uh, mm. Ryan Gaddy going to join us tomorrow. Dodie Horton. And uh, Aaron's constantly working those phones. Yes. 1017 FM.